Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Threader Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, a.k.a. Riddle Gash. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. We've got Joe here with us, a.k.a. Nose Gross McFly from over there in New Zealand. Joe, it's been about a month, man, since our last podcast. How's it going? It's good, man. Are you, um, well, I guess we're just all used to the COVID language now. You know, we think in terms of cases and clusters and bubbles and recoveries. I think yeah. we're doing pretty well down this this corner of the planet, all things considered relative to the rest of the globe. But yeah, it's we're all living like this global lifestyle at the moment, it's I nice, suppose. It's nice to have um, several, several kilometers of open sea between us and the... <laughs> yeah, and then, nice to be isolated for once. Oh, isn't it just, eh? Yeah, no, we're very lucky to have it. I saw um, Jacinda, the cuz, got a shout out from Steve Kerr today. What, just for doing a, a tops job at handling this, this whole situation? I believe or, his quote or, was, we need our own Jacinda, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. What, in the front office there in, in Golden State? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> 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 they probably could have used Jacinda when Kevin Durant was doing his Kevin yeah. Durant Anyway. Nice. So, so, what's going on? What's going so, on, man? Well, I've got a yarn. I've got a yarn for, for you 90s kids out there. It's really for the 90s. Or if you're born is, in the 80s. Is this a Last Dance-related yarn? Triggered by the Last Dance? In a way. In a way. I, I, it's okay. certainly not unrelated. So I'm going to take a, a couple of... Well, I probably was actually... It would have been probably a Monday night. It was actually, come to think of it. I was up at the Olds place, you know, because we're in the bubble um, during lockdown. I'm pretty sure we would have watched The Last Dance. And actually, it would have triggered me that, oh, I've got some old basketball cards in the cupboard, you know, at my mum and dad's place. I thought, oh, it's probably time I actually cleaned all my, the last little bits of stuff I have out of mum and dad's. I'm a grown-up. I can, <laughs> I can, you know, ease that burden on them. So I cleaned out the basketball cards, and that, that was all good. And I just took them down to my house and kind of forgot about them. Um, anyway, there's a couple of buy and sell groups on Facebook that I belong to, and... um. It was for, for musical instruments. And so, um, I, but one day, you know, Facebook will suggest links. And I saw a basketball card come up. And I thought, oh, I bet there's trading card groups. You know, that would be kind of fun. I want, you know, because I've always thought it'd be cool to buy the cards that I couldn't get when I was, you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So 
I jump onto the onto this group, join the group. You know, you've got to answer a few few basic questions, um, and 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 they approve me straight away. Very efficient moderators. By the way, shout yeah, out your to the must have been stellar. By the way, <laughs> it's just yes and yes. I think they just it was like a, the equivalent of a capture. You know, is MJ the goat? <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, and by the way, shout out to the um, NBA trading card New Zealand group on Facebook. I reckon there's like half a chance that one of you listens to this. So if you're on there, um, hit me up. Maybe be a guest. Anyway, so the um, one of the, the first posts I sort of looked at was this guy, and uh, you know they say, oh hey check out this card porn, you know, look at this cool stuff we've got. And um, <laughs> and one of the guys, I'd look through it, and i see a photo of a particular card, and I'm like, oh, shivers, that looks familiar. And it was Taco th- Fall. Th- this card here. Can you read what that says? That says, it's it says Michael Jordan, it's just out of, it's a little bit out of the camera view there, but it says, it's definitely a Michael Jordan card, Soul of... Yeah. The something soul of the game, Michael Jordan soul of the game. Do you want to just quickly wow. do a quick little um little search on eBay for that? That's from the uh... wow, Michael Jordan soul of the now, game. It's S O U L, not S O L E for in terms of the shoe. Oh, now, it's auto completed my search for me. This is this must be good. Okay, so now just, is, is, just it, for is context, it a Skybox Premium? Skybox Premium. Just for context, this card it's in a hard case but not like a screw-down hard case. So this just sure. gives you an idea of when I was collecting cards, exactly, you know, what, where I thought it felt it sat on the totem pole. It was good enough for a hard <laughs> case, but not for like a s- screw-down case. You want to have, have a look at some of those prices? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at two $2,400 US here on collectors.com <laughs> for that card. Um, and, and for the listeners out there, like Joe is showing me a, a heavily protected card. It's not screwed, like he said. <laughs> no, but it's in good nick. It, but it is, is well protected. It's in good <laughs> nick, as he says. Um, so dare I ask, like, what did you get this for? Was it a steal? I, I, I think I would have pulled it out of a pack back in back in uh, back when I was able to buy ninety eight ninety nine Skybox. I've still got some of the foil packs. I, I okay, don't even, so I don't even you- like it. <laughs> I don't even think it's that cool. But so I was I was a little confused there. So you, you didn't you didn't buy that from the no. the card selling Facebook group that you joined. No. You actually just I pulled it, it out of your collection. I, <laughs> that I is amazing. It, I would have bought it out of a. Pa- it would have been in a pack that I bought in the early two thousands or late nineties. Yeah, right. And um and I just I thought well it's Michael Jordan. It's an insert. And you know so we'll we'll put that in the hard case and and completely forgot I had it. And I'd flipped through the cards just previously and then I saw this thing pop up and I was like holy moly maybe it's worth something. And, bro, I don't know if you've kept up, because I haven't. This has been an education for me in the last 24 hours. Trading cards have gone nuts. Like they have Since got... when? So, as best I can figure it out is, do you know who Gary V is on YouTube? Like, he's like a... No, I have no idea. I reckon you might, bro. I'm just going to... This might be bad radio, but I'm just... Lots of people will know who I'm talking about. It's Gary Vaynerchuk something like that. I reckon it's you'll... not to say that that person isn't or shouldn't be well known. It's more to say that I I live a sheltered a sheltered life. It, it, <laughs> Led Zeppelin say, and the Boston Celtics. That's it. All I'm going to say <laughs> is that it's pretty hard to not have come across some of these guys there's these guys this guys videos on 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 YouTube. I'm just going to send you a quick link. Yeah, sorry, you might have to edit this out. 
But anyway, so apparently he did this thing and he was like, you know, if you were into collecting sneakers or whatever, you need to start getting into collecting cards. And he's got this huge following. Um, and, um, and yeah, so apparently that was a big catalyst for it. It's bizarre to me. Yeah, right. Because I'm looking at this card, I'm like, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not well, going to yeah, sell it. I mean, it if you don't like it, I, I'm going to sell it. If you don't it. like it, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take it off you. That's, you know, if you're not a fan of it, you know, just send it over here. I'll, I'll hold it for you. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be capitalist about this and sell this thing. But, um, I, yeah, I would expect so. <laughs> but what this got me down is like, memory lane on cards i was like man there are cards that i really really like um and i was like what i thought you know what you know i might talk to you ben i'm sure you had you know some interesting basketball cards and at some point in your in your youth um i know you've sent me some you know little souvenirs um yeah what what's your memory man like you do you have any cards you should have a dig through I, I couldn't tell you a single specific card. Like, I, I'm not. I've never been that into it where I could give you the, you know, like the. I don't know what what their um, unique identifiers on cards are. If it's like serial numbers or whatever, but I can tell you that a, a series of basketball cards is what made me a Boston Celtics fan in the first place. Hey. Where when when I was a kid and we moved to Thailand, my parents were teachers and they taught at an American school over there in Thailand. Um, and I went there and, and obviously became the friends of, of American kids at that school. They got me into trading cards and Larry, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but Larry Bird, uh, and there were some of the first cards that I saw and they were older sort of eighties messed up Larry Bird cards. And he just looked like my dad's mates down the footy club, like just (laughs) those guys who, you know, sort of, you know, less about playing footy, more about the pub hang afterwards. Um, and they were just such a familiar image to me with that sort of mullet and the short shorts and the um, not athletic looking athlete. And uh, he just struck a chord with me. And that's what actually made me um, focus on the Celtics as a team going forward. Uh, so I, I guess that's my basketball card story. But, you know, I've got folders upon folders of basketball cards, but I couldn't tell you like, oh, I've got the... 92 skybox elite whatever like i don't i don't know my cards like that yeah anyway that's my yarn over the last few days we've seen some really promising signs of a returning nba season and on the 20th of may adrian wojnarowski reported with zach Lowe, nba teams are expecting the league office will issue guidelines around june 1 that will allow franchises to start recalling players who've left their markets to return as a first step towards a formal ramp-up for this season's presumption. Joe, is this really happening, man? Like, what's been your reaction to this? And, like, do you think they'll resume the season? How do you feel about that? Oh, I I would have called BS on anyone who involved who said they weren't trying to. Like, there's right. so much money at stake. I mean, <laughs> they, they have to, you know? Like, to me, like, if they don't come back, it's because it was impossible. Like anything else in that just doesn't make any sense. They've got every incentive to come back, every incentive. So I wasn't su- surprised. It's just more whether it's possible. And and the states is slightly different to here. Um, we shared uh, some got a, somebody posted on the uh, Reddit NBA forum um, that they um, should just move the NBA to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, especially now that they're opening up uh, borders, it seems like, from New South Wales, where I live. 
to New Zealand for travel. Oh, I'm suddenly a, a, a huge fan for that for that idea. Well, yeah, we need that. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to being able to get get out of the country. It's going to feel like a rare privilege, you know, um, huh. to just be able to do it. But anyway, yeah, Australia is probably a better bet, but um, for hosting, you think they could put it at Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> never again uh user Jalen brown 07 on celtics reddit uh writes i really want to watch basketball but player safety comes first does that does that weigh into your because you sound like you're all for it and i i am as well from a selfish um like i just want to watch basketball perspective but there is that element of of safety and like could there be an outbreak could some of these players you know take COVID-19 back to their families or, you know what I mean? Like, could it all blow up because as soon as they assemble everybody, someone's had it, they've been asymptomatic and then it blows up on the campus or the bubble anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, how do you feel about that aspect of it? Well, I'm interested in kind of how you see it, Ben, but like from down here, like in New Zealand, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like the, the majority here, but like there's a lot of people who feel like me and that's like, so in New Zealand, we've currently got, like 27 people in the whole country with it and no like we've had you know like maximum one person a day get it for the last two or three weeks it's kind of at the point where, and that obviously I, I i tell you that just to give you an idea of kind of maybe how you start to feel about it and i'm kind of like well like no one's got it <laughs> anymore here you know and we've had 21 people die i think in new zealand out of 1500 that that got it at all mm-hmm. so you know we're talking what's that one percent you know of people who get it would have have passed on and 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 all of those people had you know pre-existing some sort of pre-existing condition um that's not true for everywhere in the world i understand that but i just say that to understand where where my perspective might be coming from where i'm like now i feel like like before the start we had no idea what it would look like absolutely no idea well, we're two months into this thing now, and we kind of have a little bit of an idea of kind of what happens. Like, it's yeah. really, really freaking bad if it gets into rest time, right? Like, I don't know what's mm-hmm. happened in Australia, but New Zealand, basically, I, I would say three quarters of the deaths have come from rest homes, right? Um, I don't, I don't want to understate, like, I'm sure there's long-term health effects for people that do get it and survive. But where, where I'm coming from is I'm like, I don't know that this thing is as catastrophic as we first feared. And 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 for that reason I'm like I don't like it's it's actually getting a little hard for me to comprehend the fear or like mm-hmm. maybe to empathize with it in the way that I maybe I was able to do like when Rudy Gobert first tested for it, it honestly felt like all hell was about to break loose. And now it kinda doesn't. Yeah, how how different does it feel from that sort of mid-March to mid-April period to now, right? Like that it definitely does feel like there's been an easing of the pressure even in the US just from people that I've spoken to there. Obviously their numbers are still crazy crazy high. Um and even if you do like a per capita comparison to New Zealand and Australia, their numbers are insanely high, but it, it does feel like the um like the tension has kind of been eased a little bit. Um, and I understand based on what you're, you've said, like why that is the case in, in our countries. Um, I don't necessarily understand why that is the case in the States where there's still a huge amount of people dying. And I think that's, that's the concern for a lot of people there who are, who are fans of the Celtics because they live in Boston. 
uh, and, and Massachusetts is one of the, the areas that, that has been more heavily affected. I, I guess I do understand their concern. And like Carl uh, Anthony Towns' mother died of the virus. Like there has been a sort of more of an acute effect around the NBA as a result, as opposed to us where I feel like we're a little bit more distanced from it, which I'm thankful to, to say, but it is the case. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to admit that I'm kind of shooting from the hip here and just kind of calling it as I see it and that there will be things that I, I, I won't consi- have considered, you know, but truthfully, my ex- like New Zealand is basically a bubble, right? We are a bubble and Australia is basically a bubble too, except for the odd cruise ship that you let <laughs> undocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a cock up. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect, especially <laughs> no. the Australian Liberal government, but that's, that's for another podcast by other people, thankfully. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I guess for me, I'm like, well, we have this experience in New Zealand of what it looks like when the bubbles actually shut off. And what it looks like is very, very minimal consequence. Like it, yep. yeah, from a health perspective, from an economic perspective, it's atrocious. <laughs> but, um, but like if they lock them up at Disney World, they'll be fine. Like I promise you, yeah. they'll be fine. You know, um, and and if it was if I was an NBA player, I would be doing it, and I and I there's every incentive to do it. Like you know, you if you're a, a marginal NBA player, I mean, I mean, th- think about what it's going to do to this. <laughs> yeah, I would just want to play anyway, just as an athlete. Like I'd be bored after two months, you know. And truthfully, truthfully, the odds of 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 them getting COVID nineteen if they have a if they have an enforced bubble, right? Like they're actually quarantined in this place, and you know it's just, um, it's just essential services and food deliveries that are that are basically allowed in and out. Like they're not going to get it. Like it, it, I can't say that with like one, you know, one hundred percent certainty, but ninety nine point nine nine percent certainty. And that doesn't. Of course, you'll still test and all the rest of it, you know. But it, it's just, it's actually so unlikely. You know, if you have yeah, a correct- so, so that that Woj tweet was May twenty, May twenty one. Sham Shurania writes: The NBA has informed its teams that they uh, have engaged in discussions with several national coronavirus testing providers, which will be a quote a central component of any subsequent plan to restart the 2019 NBA season, which to me is like, that's sweet, right? Yeah. Like that's a, a very yeah. organized approach where we're going to be coming back. Like let's make sure we can test everyone all the time um, and ensure that if there any outbreaks do occur, you know, within the bubble, we can contain them within the bubble, so to speak. Um, I think that's a really uh, mature approach and organized approach by the nba to ensure that they have that capability and it's a sign that it's not just a reckless like whatever like numbers are going down people are relaxing let's assemble everyone in a bubble and make it happen they've actually got strategies in place to ensure like the health and safety of everybody which i think um would ease some of those concerns but there is more information there so on may 23 nba spokesperson mike bass stated that the nba is in talks to resume play at Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports. And there's, there's more information coming out, little bits of information rather trickling out on a day-to-day basis. But rewind over a month ago, April 17, Keith Smith, who wrote an article for Yahoo Sport titled Why Walt Disney World Would Be the Ideal Spot for the NBA to Salvage Its Season. Sort of predicting this thing more than a month in advance and 
you know, it turns out Keith Smith before becoming a full-time NBA sports writer actually used to work for the Disney Corporation. So I would imagine that has a lot to do with it. But it has a lot of information that, you know, while this is over a month old, is, is suddenly becoming increasingly relevant. So the article is well worth a read. But to summarize it very quickly, it basically says there's a shitload of hotels in what could be a contained area. Two hotels in particular, the Disney Art of Animation Resort and the Pop Century Resort are just down the road from the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Inside of and surrounding these hotel complexes, plenty of food service facilities to feed the players and everyone else involved. The Wide World of Sports Complex has room for multiple games, practices and everything at the same time. It also sounds like for some of the arenas like the Visa Center and just the arena it's called... They're designed such that multiple individual basketball courts would be set up inside of them, potentially all occurring at the same time. So multiple games going on together within the one dome or arena. All of them are the arenas, rather, are broadcast ready. And pro sports have been declared an essential service by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, which is, I guess, whatever opinion you might have on that, obviously supports the uh, the movement to get to get basketball happening again. And finally... The ease of creating a bubble within that complex compared to other sites considered such as Las Vegas. So th- there's plenty more information in the article and it's definitely worth a read because I, I, you know, I guess at the time, April 17, we just had no idea what, if anything, at all would be happening. So you could say it was a highly speculative article at the time, but now looking back, it's, it's suddenly it's like very clairvoyant uh, and it contains this full logistical blueprint for how this is going to work out. I read the article when it first came out. I follow Keith Smith, and um, and it seemed cre- you know it's it seemed credible when I read it. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably looking, but to me that was like how it was going to work. I remember like a few months ago we were like, why don't they just do it on a cruise ship or like a cruise ship or something like that? You know, do you remember <laughs> having that conversation? Style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to play in jean shorts, <laughs> <Shoots and> skins, <laughs> yeah. denim jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing him tweet the article. I, I follow Keith Smith as well because he was like more, um, I don't want to say small-time Celtics, but hey, you yeah, know, yeah. that's where he started. He was part-time and now he's sort of risen through the ranks, but I've, I followed him for a while, but I didn't read it at the time because I just thought this is just another thing trying to get people clicking on it and reading it for there's a thirst for the for the season to come back. But now it's it's crazy in hindsight how accurate that was. Well, I, I honestly wonder whether, and I hope, I, I for him, I hope it was his idea that got it rolling. You know, I hope someone saw his mm-hmm. article and was like, hey, we could do this. Because how, like, I've emailed Adam Silver ideas before, you know, and I just think it would be so <laughs> yeah. cool if that's w- what kind of got it rolling. And it looks like if it's going to go ahead, it looks like the Disney World thing's going to be it. So, um, yeah, great. Good for you, Keith Smith. The lack of a crowd, does it mean, you know, say there's an NBA game, proper NBA game, maybe it's the playoffs, you know, in a singular arena, no one else is there but the two teams, their staff, and the broadcast team. If you're Jalen Brown dribbling down the court by the broadcast desk, can you hear, like, Mike Breen being like, Jalen Brown is coming, like, can you hear your own commentary you know what I mean? Because there's no crowd sound drowning it out or anything like that. Like, can you can you hear your whole your your own games commentary the whole time? Because they're right next to the court, 
You know well, what I mean? Like, is is that a thing? Does I don't that know. affect can, players? When you're when you're playing, can you hear chat from the sidelines? I guess not, but no one is speaking as emphatically as Marv Albert or, or Mike Breen, you know? Like, no one... <laughs> yeah, like at some point you must hear like a bang or two, right? That's oh, got to be a thing. I think you would hear. I'm just kind of relating it to my own experience playing where like you can hear comments, but you don't necessarily know who they're coming from. It's more, but the stuff that I'm hearing is more generic, you know, like good job, great effort, good job sort of chat, yeah. you know, just general, just general um, sort of, team you know sort of idle compliments um well look uh they're opening the border soon between new south wales and new zealand so jackson and i shout out to jackson by the way who's not here on this one we'll fly over and next time you have a rec league game we'll (laughs) we'll do like a sort of a a a mike breen chris webber combination thing or a doris burke and um, you let us know afterwards if if you can hear us and we'll report back to the 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 very curious people out there (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, what? The, the, this border thing actually hasn't been really news in New Zealand. Like, <laughs> it's it's funny. Anyway, sorry. This that's a total sidebar discussion. But no, no. I mean, it's the whole the whole thing's news everywhere, really. So um, I'm sure it's it's going to come out at, at some point. But uh, one final point on the reopening of the league. Bill Simmons put out you know his his weekly Sunday night podcast with Brasillo. I was just listening to it earlier today. I'm only halfway through it, but he said on the pod that the league has tentatively set. July the 25th as the playoff start date. So that's what they've informed GMs. Uh, and the last day of the finals would be September 20th. And we, I think we've all heard before that the league uh, would resume the following season around Christmas 2020, uh, which is interesting because it, it probably indicates that there will be some form of a regular season closure if they're planning to start in um, you know, in late June or early July or something like that. Yeah. There's, do, do you know the reasons for that, Ben? I, I can give uh, no, you some not, background. No, not specifically. Okay, so basically most... Um, so teams have agreements with their local sports network, right? So with 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 the Celtics, it's Comcast, or was it NBC Sports New England? Or, I forget which one it is now. It's the same same thing. Whoever it is that mm-hmm. Mike, you know, Mike, Mike and Tommy broadcast for. So they normally yeah. have to provide a minimum of 70 games to those... Um, to those broadcasters to fulfill their contracts. So most teams, so the Celtics are at 64 games. Some teams are at 67 games. So you're talking a gap of like three to six games. So there's a huge incentive for them to at least get to 70 games on the regular season. That's why. So, because otherwise, otherwise it probably wouldn't be that much of a, you know, otherwise why bother, right? Like if you're functionally eliminated from the playoffs, why bother having them play? Um, sure. But that's that would that would be why, so they can fulfill those uh, yeah fulfill their contracts, and that obviously has an effect on the salary cap, which has an effect on player movement. Yeah, and it has a, an effect on the Celtics specifically as well, where we've just given Jalen Brown a, a pretty hefty contract, and we're looking to max Jason Tatum uh, pretty soon. Joe, com- compared to how you were feeling back in February as the regular season was beginning to wrap up, how are you feeling about the Celtics? Uh, as this sort of end of season format is starting to become a reality, as a Celtics fan, how do you feel going into all of this? Can you even remember what it's like watching the Celtics? Hey, a little bit. I, well, I, I've your, done a full your... Timmy Timmy video breakdown recently, and I've watched all the the highlights, um, but none of the lowlights because Timmy fortunately doesn't compile those. Timmy, so I, I Timmy feel... keeps it posy. 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. Old Posy Timmy. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty good about them. Um, user the wet snail one writes, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm scared of a first round matchup matchup versus Philly. They kicked their asses twice this year. He also says, uh, if Katie comes back, it would be less than ideal to face the Nets. But if it's just Kyrie, then bring it on. I'd love to sweep his ass off in the edge of the earth. Um, <laughs> Katie is not coming back. That, that's been confirmed. But um, And I'm Boy, not worried about the Nets it. at all. But in the case Boy, of Philly, they, they were struggling on the road, but doing quite well at, at home. home. Is this their home court advantage being taken away? Or is this their struggles on the road being nullified? Like when it comes to neutral territory, how does that affect a team like Philly? And how do you feel about the Celtics going in on a matchup against maybe a more talented roster on neutral grounds? It's a new season, man. Like it really is. <laughs> you know, it's as much of a gap. It's almost as much of a gap as we. Well, it's not almost. It's half the gap that we'd normally have in a normal off season, right? So, yeah. What do I think? I like. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that a lot of that matchup stuff kind of that history, I feel like it doesn't apply the same way. Like it may be relevant, but it may not be. Whereas I would say it would be very relevant if it were just heading into a normal playoff. Um, I, I would think, man, like Tatum was just breaking out. Like, is that gonna continue? I don't know. Um, it's gonna hurt well, his yeah. averages. Because he was on track to get up to like twenty four a game. But he's not gonna have enough games to to get there now, I don't think. Um, so, but yeah, I do like, I, I, I mean, my first thought was like, I hope he keeps, like, I hope his progress continues apace, you know, um, it's not a guarantee. Eh? Well, Kemba will be more rested. Gordo will be more rested. And, and with, um, you know, particularly Kemba, it was a, I need to sit out as many games as possible to rest my knee situation. Like in theory, he's healthy now. Right. And, and how does that affect Tatum's? usage rate and and how many plays brad's calling for him and then you look at the injury prone sixes and ben simmons and joel Embiid have kind of been struggling with injuries all season like now they're back now they're theoretically healthy although hopefully fingers crossed joel Embiid returns out of shape like he does at the start of most seasons um, <laughs> we're kind of they, we're kind they, of all expecting it aren't we <laughs> i hope so same with Jokic as well uh, because you know screw the nuggets the Sixers have benefited from this sort of home court advantage all season. They've been terrible on the road. Suddenly, it's neither, and they're potentially our first-round matchup. Like that, that concerns me a little bit because perhaps on paper they're they they are a more talented roster, and like it could be a first-round knockout for the for the Seas. Yeah, it, it could be. I think you know we really we really wanted Philly to be able to chase down Indiana for that five spot. Um. I'm like struggling to remember the standings now, you know, but we've been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Once, cause we kind of locked into the, we're kind of locked into the three seed. So we, yeah, I I don't, the fan in me is, is, is like, I actually just want to see a great series. Like I'd love to play Philadelphia, you know, but like, if we want to progress, it's probably easier if we don't have to play. So, um, that would probably be, probably be preferable, but uh, I mean, man, we've got a good squad. You know, like we're going to have to beat good teams to do anything. If it's not the first round, then it's the second round. You're still going to have to, you know, we get, we sometimes forget as fans what we actually get pleasure from. Like if we, if we beat the Sixers in the first round, you know, and lose in the second round, 
it's going to feel just as good as if we beat some like the Brooklyn Nets or the Charlotte Hornets in the first round. And then, you know, it's going to feel better, I would say, than, than, that, than beating some random team in the first round and then losing in the second. It's not honestly about how, how far you advance. It's about, you know, it's about the moments, man. It's about the moments. You know, the, the 2018 playoffs had so many memorable moments. Tatum booming some dude, you know. And one day the Celtics... Some dude. Some dude. Who was it? What was his name again? What was that guy? Uh, I forget. I, I forget. forget. <laughs> he, might, he might get a Netflix documentary in 20 years. Uh, not if, if Paul lucky. Pierce has anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you know, one day, honestly, like, the Celtics, like, the Celtics might turn into the Golden State Warriors one day and win, you know, win a bunch of championships. We'll, we'll have en- we won't enjoy them any le- like we won't have enjoyed that playoff run in 2018 any less than we will enjoy the championship run. You know? Yeah. Like we should welcome. Point. I, I would I would feel stink if we missed out on a matchup with the Sixers. How about that? You know. So if it comes in the first round, great. I'll relish it. The opportunity to beat them and yeah. to hold that over those fans for another year. That's what it's about, man. It's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Also, remember all the stress we put on getting the two seed, and suddenly yeah. it's like, regardless oh. of the two, the three seed in in a, in a potential Raptors Celtics matchup, like it's just there's no home court in Disneyland somewhere. Yeah, who cares? It just comes down to the more talented roster. And sorry, but I think the Celtics have the more talented roster. I think that that actually helps us there, just like I think the Sixers kind of had the more talented roster as well. So it's it's kind of twofold in that sense. Yeah, we we've done well against the Raptors. Um, the Raptors are pretty stacked, though, man. <laughs> they are pretty jolly stacked. Man, I, I man, I just I have so much respect for that team. I just love how they built it. But anyway, we're digressing. We are digressing yeah, now. But before we wrap this one up, the last dance finished up last week, and regardless of whether you enjoyed it, it has resulted in a steady supply of additional content for fans and the timing has been perfect you can't argue that but with the show ending there's once again this basketball hole to fill right and as we've been discussing that that may well be filled soon but joe humor me for a second but but picture this you're walking down the street one day and you happen upon a lamp with the nba logo on it not a light (laughs) lamp a, a lamp lamp like a like a receptacle lamp and 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 you rub the lamp and a genie comes out and I, I guess it's Shaq or whatever, but <laughs> the genie offers to grant you three NBA documentary wishes and you can wish upon the existence of three high quality Last Dance style documentaries on any NBA subject you like. Joe, what are they? Ooh. Well, I feel like it's easy to sort of like come up with a list of nominees, you know? Um some nominees that I can definitely think of would I'd love to know whether Ainge was actually going to draft KD. So like the KD Odin thing, like people forget how people forget how hyped Greg Odin was. Like when the Celtics were basically tanking that season, it was all about the Greg Odin sweepstakes. Greg Odin was like the biggest high school star I can remember. Honestly, like because I used to follow draft. Exp- Draft Express and their predecessor site back then was something like Draft Planet or something like that. It sort of came out of the real GM forums, but um, it sounds like a '90s NBA site. Anything <laughs> Planet.com. Planet. Yeah, 
<laughs> slash GeoCities. <laughs> yeah, Angel Fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lycos. <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember, I remember Odin was huge, man. Like, Derek Rose was really big, but Odin was huge. Like, Odin was, like, just, and, and it was almost unthinkable, like, a year out. Like, nobody was thinking that Durant was going to be the number one pick, you know, a year out. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love to know what Ainge really would have done. Like, for real, for real. Like, and I need to see the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I, um, I've got the Markel Fultz story, the full expose on what the hell happened with Fultz between his college and his first NBA game. Oh, yeah. Uh, special guest might have to be Danny Ainge, who you were just talking about. Um, but like with his voice modified and a, and a shadow cast over his face for anonymity... Because I, I feel like Ainge was the... He had to have been one of the first people to have been like, oh, like there's something wrong, wrong with this guy, right? Because he had the first pick at the time. He had Marco Fultz around to the you know the Celtics arena and he, he went to Chipotle with him and, <laughs> and, and got to know him. And would have been one of the first people to be like, oh, okay, like we can't draft this guy. I want to know what happened there. I want to know... And this is not a, a diss on, on Marco Fultz at all. I I very much want him to have a fully successful NBA season but I just want to know what happened there because something happened between that that college season that last college season and and him being drafted into the NBA and I, w- I would like the full expose on that the title would be I've got three potential titles here shoot from the yips my yips don't lie or you son of a hitch um, all of them obviously shot related but uh, what I, about, I, I want to know what happened there. what about no faults divorce <laughs> yeah that's good yeah there's, yeah there's many many faults related puns that are available which is why it's an easy number one for me the faults in our stars <laughs> yeah. that's good have you have you got a number two you, you don't have to go to three there's no pressure well, but have you got a second i kind of want to documentary i kind of want to chew over that one because that's a good one because man i remember i was not in favor of that trade i was not in favor of it at all i was like because faults was like consensus eh and yeah, honestly, I watching all of his highlights, Fultz looked awesome in summer league too. Like I remember yeah. watching there and thinking, man, this guy's so smooth. And I also, you just watch him even now. And it just like, man, he just looks like it, he's just, he's got like silky power, you know, like it, he's, oh man, he yeah. really should That's be great. The thing. Like mm. even in summer league, he looked great. So yeah. what the hell happened? What you happened, know? man? How do you yeah. forget how to shoot? Like that's I just want the fly on the wall documentary, like the guy who's like, Yeah, I was out with Markel and uh you know, we were bowling and he picked up a ball that was like <laughs> way too heavy for his frame and he was never the same after that one bowl. You know, it's, it's there has to be some explanation. I wanna see it. I wanna know. Bizarre, man. Bizarre. I remember thinking at the time like Ainge, like I don't care how much extra value you get, and that pick wound up being the Lakers pick, which didn't convey. <laughs> And then the Kings pick, which wound up being number 14. So, like, <laughs> Markel got his own back a little bit there. But, um, oh, the, the diss on Romeo Langford. Yeah, game became Romeo Langford, <laughs> um, who also <laughs> can't shoot. But, um, <laughs> the, I remember thinking, man, like, I don't care how much extra value we get here. Like, if Tatum's not a better player than Fultz, this trade is like, you just don't trade the number one pick in the draft, right? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and meanwhile, Tatum on the current day Sixers is a freaking nightmare, oh, wow. especially for the current day Celtics starring one Mark Fultz. It's terrifying. 
poor old Philly, man. Like, how they were really more stacked than we were. <laughs> like, when you look, you know, like they really had more, like, they had more chips really than we did, you know, mm-hmm. in cap space to boot. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so this is my other nominee. And probably the Paul Pierce stuff has brought it up, but like the rivalry with LeBron from really Paul Pierce versus LeBron, like you could trace it all the way through to at least like at least the 2012. You could do, you could do a really good series from 08 to 2012 about, you know, LeBron James versus the Celtics essentially. Cause we knocked him out in 08, 09. We didn't see him. 2010, we famously knocked him out. Hell yeah. 2011, that was the Rondo bent elbow game by Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And then you had 2012, which was pretty dramatic because it was sort of the Celtics' last stand and, and then LeBron goes nuts in game six. Like, I just think that's a really, like, that period of time, apparently they just hate each other, you know? Like, still no well, yeah. love, you know? <laughs> Imagine um, leaving LeBron out of your top five. I I love Paul Pierce, but <laughs> that is absurd. what the hell, man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I Tim Duncan most underrated of all time. But man, I don't know. I think Kobe is so overrated at this point. I mean, I know it's hard to yeah. speak a lot of the dead, but like, I'm telling you, man, like, you just weren't going to win as much with him as you would have with Tim Duncan. But anyway, that's yeah. another thing. That's another. That's that's just that's a debate for another day. So yeah, so like the Celtics versus LeBron, that that, that the history of that like the history of that rivalry, and you can date it back to the spitting thing because LeBron's first preseason game was against the Celtics, as was referenced in this. Um, some of these hoop streams, I remember that game. Yeah, not watching it, of course. We couldn't actually watch it. <laughs> we didn't have the tech back then. <laughs> but I remember the the spitting thing was like it's not a, it's not like some you know hit secret bit of league history it was definitely out there at the time can you can you tell like i don't have a good memory of the spitting thing and i'm sure some people listening don't either can you can you explain the spitting situation well i don't know what caused it but paul pierce spat at the cleveland Cavs bench in a preseason game in a preseason game so this is in lebron's rookie year lebron's rookie year so 2003 okay yeah um first preseason game celtics at the time uh if i remember correctly we're hoping for a rehabilitated Vin Baker to come back and be a force for them. <laughs> we were we had just traded Antoine Walker to the Dallas Mavericks. Danny Ainge had just taken over. Um, what else? What else had happened in 03? We dra- drafted Marcus Banks and Kendrick Perkins. Um, Marcus was, Banks is apparently a killer NBA 2K player, by the way, in a, a, circa 2004. <laughs> He um he was really athletic. He he could block some shots. That was that was probably one of the more famous highlights. And Delonte West and him, we we they, we tried to get a nickname Flash and Cash going for, for, <laughs> for him and Delonte West, but didn't, it didn't take. Yeah, so the O three Celtics were Mike James. I'm pretty sure was the point guard. But yeah. Um. Anyway, this is just this is just stupid. But yeah, that that was that was the context. The Celtics weren't very good, and neither were the Cavs. By the way. Celtics actually wound up trading with the Cavs later on in the year for Ricky Davis. Um, and, yeah, the, um, the, Cavs, the Cavs weren't that good. We weren't that good. And for whatever reason, <laughs> Paul Pierce decided to spit at the Cavs bench. Can't remember the mm. reasons why. Just remember the incident happened. 
I think I, I like that in the style of uh, you know, there's that Seinfeld episode where they recount the the um, the spitting on. Is it Rudy Fernandez or the the you know the baseball player that Newman spits on? And it's like that slow motion JFK assassination style Zapata, recount of the of the spitting film. on the baseball player. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for the sake film. of the podcast, I'm going to say yes. I know the episode. <laughs> Might have to go look it up. It's a deep cut. I mean, it's a fucking 20-year-old TV show, so I, I would be, forgive anyone for not knowing what I'm talking about. But to sake of moving this along, uh, my wish number two, the full flu game expose. That that pizza story, Bollocks. absolute horseshit in my opinion. <laughs> I want the one-on-one MJ interview like 20 years from now where it's just like, um, you know, I'm, I'm terminal. Like, I haven't got long left. <laughs> I'm just going to tell everyone what happened. Uh, just tell us exactly what happened on the night. The title... Statute of Blood Alcohol Limitations oh, yeah. and admission 22 years in the making. <laughs> Surely he was, I, I, he was hungover. hungover. Surely. Definitely hungover. Why, was it, why else are you ordering a pizza at 12 at night? Like, you've, <laughs> you've been on the terps, mate. <laughs> yeah, right? And why, why did no one else be like, oh, yeah, Shangus and Meat Lovers? You know, like, why was, <laughs> why was no one else like, oh, yeah, I'll get one? There's so, there's so many holes in that story. So just like, just admit holes. it, mate. And it's fine. Five... You still won the game. It's fine. Just tell us you were hungover. It's, it's... No one's going to hold it against you. And the, the weirdest thing is, of course, they're not going to leave Michael Jordan's. They're not going to be like, oh, this is Michael Jordan, by the way, I've ordered a pizza. And if you were the pizza guy, would you believe that if it was Michael Jordan? You know, like, would you believe the guy placing the order was michael jordan of course you wouldn't you know so that whole five friends thing sounds bogus to me and how do you poison it like oh i've got this bottle of poison here i've been waiting for the michael jordan pizza order (laughs) yay it's come in now i'll pour it on this pizza specifically for who we think is michael jordan just it makes no sense Uh, one of the theories with there's some rancid meat but like that stuff doesn't go off honestly that quick like i had some bacon in the fridge for like two months man I'm telling you, like, it's pushing it. I'm not proud of it, but I ate it, (laughs) and I'm fine. (laughs) Have you got a a wish number three for Shaq slash the NBA documentary genie? Um, For me, I love, like, it's probably not so much a documentary. It's more maybe some magical realism. I love (laughs) an alternate reality where grant hill doesn't get hurt what does it look Ooh. like i love interesting love grant hill's game yeah and like, I mean, they oh, were M- calling him the second coming of mj for a little while there, i'm right? telling you man you got to watch some grant hill highlights oh my gosh just a killer and mm. i guess along those lines i would have loved to have seen jordan face off against elijah one because i love elijah one's game um, in '95, it would that would have been a cool series, man. I'd love a like a you know an NBA alt, NBA alternate history, you know, sort of like how Inglorious Bastards is like. <laughs> we're talking about you know how Inglorious Bastards is like fictional World War Two, you know. Yeah. Um, something like that. That's a really cool idea. I love that. Uh, like alternate reality. Um, MJ beats Barkley in the '93 season and just powers on to '94. They re-sign Horace Grant, or they bring over that version of of um, Dennis Rodman, and and just make it to the finals and play Hakeem and those guys. And what happens there? That's uh, that's really interesting. I would love to see that. Hakeem was good, man. Like, how many do you reckon the Bulls would have won? If, if he hadn't retired. Like, if he hadn't retired, how many do you think they would have won on the trot? 
like say they go back to back against that Rockets team, surely they drop one, right? Like surely, surely they drop that ninety four one where MJ's tired, like they're all buggered. If they have re signed Rodman at that point, you know, like they're just at the peak of their tightness and, and then they, they come back after having been defeated with like some more fuel in their tank and then they take them out. Um, because the decline of, of Elijah one was like pretty steep. Like it happened pretty quickly. Um, but I just, I can't imagine a four peat against prime Hakeem Elijah one. Can you? No, I mean, it just seems, <laughs> I mean, it's just too hard for anybody to win that much. No one else yeah. has done it, you know? Um, for me though, like watching it does remind me of why I think MJ's the greatest and, and it's, for no other reason, honestly, then he just did it prettier than anyone else. You know? Yeah. Like, I reckon that really matters, you know? It's not... That's ultimately why people think Kobe's better than Tim Duncan. It's not because he's more effective. I promise you, Tim Duncan is equally as effective as Kobe, if not more. But I get it, man. Kobe did beautiful things on the basketball court, and Tim Duncan didn't. You know? Like, that matters in our minds. But MJ was both. Yeah. You know, he, he was he was four-man function. It's what people love about the game. It's the aesthetics. Yeah, it's the it's totally. the shoes. It's the finesse. It's the shimmies. It's the hezzy jimbos. It's all those things that that make it an aesthetically pleasing game. And Kobe Why had shouldn't that it over matter? Tim Duncan. Why shouldn't Kenfold. it matter? Right? You know. I didn't want to get too much into into the last dance because there's been, like I said, a huge resurgence in, in content um, as a result of the last dance, and everything's already be said, but. Um, are you completely back to like MJ was the greatest of all time? Like, had you ever derived from that, and are you now completely back there as a result of that documentary? Um, I've always been a little, little bit of a LeBron hater. I think I'm on record on this podcast <laughs> as calling him a wanker. Uh, yeah, a dickhead comes to mind <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> well, MJ is also a dickhead, but I guess he's just my kind of dickhead. I, he's I, a cooler dickhead, he's a much I, cooler dickhead. I think. Uh, Man, I it's think like Le- Joe Pesci. <laughs> LeBron would probably be a lot easier to be around every day. I, I get the feeling, you know, but MJ just... MJ, you just take him seriously, even though he's, yeah. you know, telling a few porkies. You know, he just has a gravity <laughs> to him, whereas LeBron's a Taco Tuesday guy. You know, it's just a little harder <laughs> to take. And one of the things about MJ is MJ, for, for all of... Like, he doesn't... He talks trash like crazy, but somehow... He never comes out and toots his own horn, you know, in a, in a public way like LeBron would, you know, mm. um, and somehow that's better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> somehow, it's, somehow it's more legitimate if, if, if he tells you what he's going to do, like I'm going to dunk on you or I'm Larry Bird and I'm going to shoot this three in your face, Xavier McDaniel. Like that doesn't come off as arrogant in a way that telling people after the fact your accomplishments made you the greatest. So uh, for me, Jordan was always pretty safe there, yeah, to be honest. Just that I don't think anyone's ever played the game as beautifully. I, I, I just surely not. You know, you read it is a uh, Sutro Heights um, with regards to the the documentary thing. They had an idea for one called After the Dance, which is just a solid hour of all the terrible moves that MJ made as the owner of the Hornets, <laughs> um, all cut with him playing golf, like talking about how they'll be fine next year. I think that's an interesting point because there's been a few amateur documentaries to come out on YouTube 
um, after the fact as a result of the last dance to sort of chronicle his his post balls career, and um, you can kind of see where they left it out, right? Like it's not not pretty. President of basketball operations at the Wizards, joining the team, getting the meniscus surgery, and ultimately sort of flailing out there, and then whatever this Hornets thing has been. But at the same time, you, you kind of wish that they included some of that in the documentary. Well, it's it's too perfect a narrative, you know, like that. And the scene, that the climactic scene in The Last Dance regarding the last shot, like, it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. Um, and, it you know, it fits a really nice, tidy narrative arc. Um, but, yeah, I, that's the stuff I find the most interesting. Like, I, I knew that it was awesome, but I knew what happened there. You know, like, I yeah. know Jordan hits the last shot. I actually, like, a lot of the stuff in The Last Dance, I was put me in the camp of people who enjoyed the documentary series, but it wasn't what I signed up for. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to actually see a story about the 97, 98 books. Instead, I got a story essentially about Michael Jordan and how some of the other people arrived at the books. Like mm-hmm. 97, 98, like there was stuff all other than the Indiana and Utah series. Like there just really wasn't like, it may as well have not existed, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. it, it just wasn't like, there just wasn't that much. Like, I don't know how many hours of content would have come from the 97, 98 season, but it honestly felt like maybe you could have filled one of the episodes with it. Maybe it was just boring. I don't know. Um, so I would have liked to see more of that. Um, I'd actually, it's interesting. I was watching it with my girlfriend and she's like, she starts Googling and she's interested in his personal life. You know, like what happened with his marriage? What happened with this, you know, like you don't find These anything kids, about that. Yeah. Like that stuff is the most important. And like that stuff is actually the most interesting stuff. Like the personal details behind athletes and their early lives. Like the the stuff that you really just don't know. Like if you read a sports biography, it's like, to me, the most interesting bits are like the first four chapters where they actually tell you the stuff you've never heard before. And then mm, after that, it's sure. like, <laughs> it's the rest of their career that you kind of already know, you know? Um, that, that color, that gives you color for what we want to know what sort of person he is, right? That's why we watched, you know, and, um, that's what I want to see. I hope that we get the full MJ expose when he's like 75 uh, on his deathbed from too many cigars. And he's like, bring a camera in here. I want to tell you what happened to the flu game. You know, I want to tell you what happened with my retirement and why I left and why I came back and why I retired again early. And I, I, I want all that information. It, it's out there and it's not too late to get it. We just have to be patient for it. I guess putting up with the MJ propaganda was the price to pay to seeing some behind the scenes footage, you know? And I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll take the deal. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't prefer to negotiate a different one, but that was what was offered and that was it, you know? So I understand why the documentary was the way it was. Look, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening, if you're still with us at this point. Let us know your thoughts on all the discussion points from tonight, and you can find us on Twitter at CelticReddipPod, or better yet, just comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Joe, really good to see you again, man. It's been a while. I hope we can not have so much time between this podcast and the next one. You too, Ben. Um, I hope to discover some really valuable basketball cards in your position. Trumpet it to the world. (laughs) I'll go digging and I'll I'll let you know between now and the next pod. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace.